Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, we're here. It's another day, another week, another podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I don't know what time of day you're listening to. Hopefully, it's, it's hopefully you're listening, which is good. People I'm, keep telling me they're listening in bed, like just before they go to sleep, and I can't work out whether that's supposed to be a compliment or whether it's a I listen to you to help me go to sleep thing. Uh, imagine just listening to us to go to sleep. Our dulcet tones on a Tuesday help when you go to sleep, or a Monday night if we get or a Monday night. Really sharpish. Yeah, but it's a bit sharpish. Yes. Monday night. Be weird if you woke up. To, I mean, I would already feel weird enough being in bed with another load of people and listening to me talking. Usually, when I'm in bed, it's a case of going, Grant, sharp. <laughs> I think I think I've told the story before of when I was in uh, Spain with on the preseason tour. Someone, um, someone's wife said to them, "That's the woman that you were listening to in bed last night." Oh, oh wow! Yeah, holidays, I, mean, I know them really well now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bit like, "Oh, that sounds a bit worse than it should be." Um, <laughs> So We've got week, with us today. I was going to say that this week is, is myself, Grant, we have Hannah in here as well, and we are joined for the first time by Stephen Webb. Stephen, say hello. Hi guys, yeah, thanks for having me. I was uh, quite enjoying the fact that this could be a potential uh, ASMR type podcast tonight where we just <laughs> gently put our listeners to uh, to peaceful sleep. But yeah, um, no, it's a pleasure to be here, lovely to see you both, and uh Looking forward to getting into some League 2 action. I mean, for the well, side, or for people watching on YouTube, they'll see that you've got a keyboard beside you. So, I mean, I really think we could get into the groove here and you can oh play my some gosh, yeah. on the keyboard and, and we can just like play some nice soothing music to get people to sleep. 
Yeah, 100%. I do have to say this is one of those um, lockdown keyboards, though, so it was brought with the best intentions <laughs> in mind, uh, but it cannot cannot be played. Uh, it was simply <laughs> Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and Do A Deer, and that's about it. That's it. Forever yeah. Jacker at a push. Yeah, yeah, chopsticks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can play the first bit of the snowman and then none of the rest of it. Uh, but you know, it's it's my party trick for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the music combined with Newport and Harrogate, if we do that at the end, then everyone will just be so calm and relaxed and bored <laughs> stiff that they can just, you know, relax into the rest of their evening. Yeah, I've got the number here as well for the Samaritans. If anyone needs that by that point, uh, you can just make a call. It's uh, it's going to be uh, a fun end to the evening, I think. Look forward to we it. We have definitely set the tone for today, haven't we? <laughs> we should we should we should explain Liam's notable absence as well. Uh, he's on holiday in Spain. I want to say. Is he in Spain. He's in Spain. He's sunning it up in Spain. He sent pictures of himself on the beach going oh this is lovely he's been sending messages yeah. into the group chat clearly had a few i am libations yes. <laughs> so, yes yeah and do you know how it was so obvious that he'd had a few because his last message said that he'd been um he'd been planning sessions for look media sports so i was like nick there's, there's no chance that that's not under the influence liam's not planned anything in his life <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah, we've got this, the first, this is the first time I've done this without Liam. It's a bit weird for me. We'll so we'll virtually know, hold your hand through the excitement of League Two. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Well we can start with um have you seen the MK Don's statement? Well, not the NKDON no. statement, their supporter, the Independent Supporters Association. So we talked no, on the... When we came on at the start, you said, have you seen the NKDON statement? And I <laughs> to hear Alexandra had been sacked because the fans no. have been shouting for, for ages. I was like, oh my God, yeah. we have a third manager sacked already. And then you were like, and no, <laughs> we should say at the time of recording, it's currently half past eight on uh, Monday night. No further managers have been sacked and no managers have been appointed. So Bradford and Gillingham, for the purposes of this podcast, are still rudderless. <laughs> right. So this is the statement from uh, the Independent Supporters Club of MK Dons. They do have one, apparently. Uh, so Dons Action are requesting that the Milton Keynes Dons board take immediate action regarding the current management of the football club. It is clear to us that the vast majority of supporters do not believe Graham Alexander is the man to take this football club back to League One. It is also clear to us that this football club is failing on all fronts, I'm correcting that for them, on and off the pitch. Years of cutting corners off the pitch are now catching up with us on it, and unless changes are made, this will only continue. Should the club continue on this trajectory in both the short and long term, then we will have no choice but to take further action. Whilst the number of supporters at Stadium MK is at an all-time low, we ask for you to stick with the players and to be respectful of each other throughout this period. 
It's very dramatic. Don's action. Very damning as well, isn't it? I know. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued as to know what the further action is. The problem with anything from MK Don's is that when you go kind of delving through the comments on Twitter, you just get fans from other clubs piling on about it being karma and it being, you know, that they've got their comeuppance. So it's quite hard to to sift through. Well, there isn't really anything in terms of, you know, I don't know the other side of the story or anything like that. I mean, as, as we said, Graham Alexander, slightly, um, I don't know, I don't know that it's necessarily, necessarily unfounded. We had Jonathan on the breakdown on Thursday night and he was relatively positive in terms of him having more time. I know he has said since that he was perhaps a little bit too optimistic and cheerful uh, last week versus uh, the weekend. But some of the criticism that's been levelled at Graham Alexander is that he doesn't know his best 11 um, and that there is within their squad, they've got kind of a core set of players and some of those could be considered dead wood. So I don't know. Has your opinion changed since last week, Grant, in terms of does it still seem as because our kind of overriding opinion was that it was a bit reactionary? Yeah, I, I still think it's reactionary. Um, MK Dons went from having a really, really poor season last season to dropping into a really difficult league two, in my opinion. Um, the, I think just stay mid-table, build your team, trust the process, trust the manager, and push on next season. I I, I don't think an immediate knee-jerk reaction is, is needed from MK Dons at all. And I want to know what this, just like you said, I want to know what this take further action is going to be because two fans holding up placards in, in the stadium <laughs> is not, isn't going to give the owners, I don't think. Can you imagine in the West Ham shirts? Yeah. Stephen, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with both of you, really. I think, I mean, I know football fans generally have a bit of a short memory, but we've seen what's happened if fans sort of attack their manager a bit too early and specifically with Alexander, you know, um, Salford were maybe a bit too quick to pull the trigger mm. on him, I think, and they've admitted that at board level as well. Just I completely agree with you, Grant. Stick stick with him. Let him build that team. He isn't going to fix anything, you know, overnight. And I, I understand some of the wording in the statement. It's, it is, Hannah, you said a bit dramatic. I mean, that's putting it mildly, isn't it? I don't know what all this kind of rhetoric is about, but yeah, I, th I think they'd be mad to let him go because we, we were just looking before we came on, weren't we, at some of the potential names that are available mm -hmm. for the managerless teams. And I mean, you're not spoiled for choice. So, if, all right, if you let Alexander go, if uh, if MK Dons go in a new direction, who who's going to do better than what he's doing at the minute? It's um, I, I think sometimes you got to stick with what you know. Yeah, and I think with that in mind, um, and we talked about this last night on the 606, that the, it's likely, there is likely to be more of a kind of chain of sackings emerge over the next couple of days, potentially, because those, uh, that fight, you know, we've just talked, as you said, talked about the the list of potential managers for Bradford and the list of potential managers for Gillingham. We're like, 
they're all the same. Like there's literally a finite pool of people who are available at the moment. And MK Dons will be more than aware that if they uh, persist or maybe allow Graham Alexander more time, then that the pool that's available to them is going to be even smaller in you know a month's time potentially because Gillingham and Bradford will have had their first pick. And there were there were rumours last week actually that the Cowleys had been spotted um, at Stadium MK. So there, you know, whether that's true or not, and you know, I wouldn't like to comment, but. Uh, they're potentially already scouting around and and seeing seeing what might be available um, and where the risk is. So speaking of managers, Gillingham and Bradford are still managerless. Uh, any names that you've either of you have heard that you think are likely or less likely? We were looking through the manager list before. Um, that we came that we came on and started recording. This is very similar managers that you see mm-hmm. popping up on the list for both. You're seeing Liam Richardson, Danny Cowley, Carl Robinson. These these are all managers that you've seen doing they pop up when every single every single yeah. job comes up. The ones that I like seeing popping up now is you get your Mike Williamson from Gateshead, who I think would be a really good appointment for a League mm-hmm. Two club. Uh, I think he's fantastic. The other one that Bradford are looking at, well, maybe not looking at, but he's clearly the favourite just now because of the result from the weekend mm-hmm. is, is Kevin McDonald had them playing really yeah. free football. Whether that yeah. was something that the players have said they wanted to do and, and he took up the players and their suggestions or whether it was purely himself. But he's yeah. certainly going to give the board something to think about and saying, is he going to be the right appointment going forward or not? But I, mm-hmm. I think Bradford will be looking for someone with a little bit more experience, a little bit more noose to be able to push them out of the league. And yeah. similar with Gillingham, Gillingham are going to be looking big. The board clearly want to push for top. They're not going to accept not scoring. Yeah. They want to play attacking football. They want goals. Mm-hmm. It really, really surprised me, Gillingham, um, sacking Harris. That took me by complete surprise. Yeah. And I think they will hit with someone who is known for attacking free-flowing football. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're third. They're third in the league now. I think they were fourth when he was sacked. Um, either way, the the gap between them and Notts County at the top was negligible. And I think you're exactly right. I think the Gallinsons have decided that it's League One or bust, and they're just going to throw everything at it. And yes, Neil Harris was good, but he wasn't good enough in their eyes and again probably you know had their I was gonna say arm turned is that the right I don't think that's the right word is it basically they jumped potentially because of the Mark Hughes sacking and again this kind of finite finite uh number of managers in the pool but we'll see maybe we'll maybe they'll announce someone completely different I think I mean we'll talk about Bradford when we get to it but you know, it sounds like they played a similar formation. They didn't do anything kind of particularly revolutionary, but they played probably a little bit more empowered with McDonald's kind of backing. And with that, someone described it last night as being like without shackles. And I think that that happens with when you don't have a a big character like Mark Hughes on the bench, you can be a little bit more 
uh, don't know, maybe take more risks as well. Right, let's crack on. So, which game was first? She says, like Accrington Stanley and Forest Green Rovers. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Started well. So, um, it's so Accrington 1 2 1. Um, Forest Green Rovers obviously got significant issues. Uh, Accrington's first win since their 4 1 win over Sutton in the last week or so. I think they played they played Stockport County and then they played Morecambe and then they played Forest Green Rovers. So they've uh, they've had a bit of a League One um resurgence. Um, Forest Green Rovers now have got no points from their last six, they're still on seven points, but just a massive losing streak um and there this loss took them to bottom of the table so um josh andrews uh scored two for accrington he's on loan from birmingham um john mccracken's still there he was that the goalie that was the emergency loan from norwich so whether they've extended that because i think originally it was only supposed to be for seven to ten days Although thinking about it, that could possibly have got them through this as well. And, and now we'll be off. Um, for Forest Green Rovers, uh, Kyle McAllister and Troy Deeney both had shots that, you know, would have changed the game. Um, but it was Stevens who came off the bench that took them to 2-1. Other than that, I mean, there's not really a great deal to say about it. Both teams clearly struggling in League Two, uh, probably living up to expectations, if I'm honest. I don't think any, you know, of the teams that came down, it was MK Dons that were tipped to do best. I think Accrington, um, FGR and Morecambe were all expected to, to fall probably quite quickly. Um, but I don't think it was Forest Green Rovers that were necessarily expected to be down there so quickly. And it'll be interesting to see how Dale Vince reacts to that in January in terms of kind of throwing money at it and getting players in. I mean, Troy Deeney is great, but he tires easily, which isn't, you know, isn't a surprise at all. Uh, but you know he's he's not as reliable as some of the others and they're just not getting the results clearly uh so yeah i think del vince has to do something significant in january with that to have any hope of turning it around do you both think that forest green rovers can afford to go down this season with the new stadium they've got planned they've got so much investment yeah. on not just the new stadium the whole area mm -hmm. can they afford to go down and if they go down Will this redevelopment take place? It can't do, can it? What do you think on it? It's a really, yeah, it's a really good point. I, I, Dale Vince is a is a funny old character, isn't he? So who really knows? I think potentially they could go down, uh, and it could still all happen. But I think it'd make it a lot more difficult for them. Uh, and I think Hannah's right there that they're going to make that jump uh, in January for having to make a change. I, I think looking at it. The managers come out this week and said that they're not really in a relegation scrap at the minute. And you look at the table and you can kind of see why he said that because yeah. the, you know 
for all the doom and gloom, they're only three points off safety and a couple of wins quickly turns that around, doesn't it? But I think going back to your question, Grant, if they're still down there in, in a month or two's time, I don't know. I don't know if he if he does maybe get a bit uh, trigger happy and, and maybe try and save them from from the drop. Yeah, the league it's is so tight. Significant investment if they're still down there at the end of at the end of Christmas. It'll be a significant pump in uh, into the club, and they'll they'll try and buy their way out of relegation to stop that rot of having to go down and the the lottery of coming up from the national league again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right. I, I, well, you know, from a business point perspective, I don't, I, I don't know whether it's privately funded by him. I know it's, it's a company affiliated to him who's got the contract to build the stadium, isn't it? But you, know, there will be personal liabilities involved as well. You can't sign that off if there's a risk of you ending up in in the national league next next year. They don't get you know massive attendances anyway and so that's just going to exacerbate it further um but yeah i i I do agree though Stephen, with that point that it's not a relegation battle yet there was so much movement in the table on saturday and there's so many teams that are drawing there's so many draws or at least, you know, or or very small margins and you know Stockport are a great example third now but we're 19th a couple of weeks ago it feels like and um, there's there's massive scope and you know Stockport have got 18 from the last six but the next one down I think is Crawley who've got 12 there is a a really big gap and then there's a huge glut of teams that are on 12 or 10 points from from the last six so yeah I I completely agree we're, we're only in October after all but I'm sure it's not a position that they feel comfortable with. Uh, right. I think that I gave this one to Stephen because I thought it might be more interesting than it actually ended up being. Um, Barrow and Notts County. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, uh, it's always nice to have a top of the table side uh, as part of your uh, reporting. So, yeah, Notts County uh, finished 1-1 with Barrow. Um, not a bad game from uh, the bits that I managed to catch. Um, it's just a game of two penalties, really. So, um, Notts County went 1-0 up with a penalty uh, scored by David McGoldrick. Uh, he actually almost doubled the lead as well for County. So I think that would have probably been all three points if they did that. But Barrow, pretty good at just hanging out and uh, sticking around in games for a long time. They've got a lot of points doing that this season. Um, and so they got their own penalty from... It was a bit unfortunate, really, for the defender. He's kind of gone down to head it, stooped, handballed it, and then tried to stand up and I think handballed it again. So uh, right. it was it was nailed on. Um, and uh, I think it was Dean Campbell who, who, who scored the equaliser there. Barrow actually nearly went on to win it as well. Um, so that would have been a massive win for them if they could get it. But... Um, yeah, it not not a terrible point for for Notts County, but they've they've got Mansfield next, and I think mm-hmm. you, uh, like we were just saying before, you know, each passing game you can you can go from thinking you're possibly in for an automatic shout to then being in those playoffs, and then other teams are catching you up. If Mansfield take points, all three potentially mm-hmm. off off County, then you know it's a it's an interesting one again. But yeah, a de- decent game down there at Barrow, and um, not you much didn't more to report, call- really. 
You didn't call Mansfield by their full name. Unbeaten in League Two in the 2023-24 campaign, Mansfield Town. <laughs> Apologies. Let me uh, let me do that. So, uh... <laughs> what I find interesting about that game, though, is Barrow fans all see it as, as points dropped in that game. They feel like they yes, should have won they do. It. Yeah, yeah. They saw Notts County as poor, and it's it's interesting. And I, I I'll keep harping on about this because I bloody love it. My the the team sequences chart, and at one end you've got Notts County style, and then you've got everyone else in pretty much you know central to to top left, um, and and Barrow are the opposite quadrant to to where Notts County sit. So. Um, yeah, that's where North County come unstuck slightly when they've got a very conflicting, the playing team with a very conflicting um, sequence style. So, yeah, they're not uh, super strong away from home either. Um, so they, they've had a little bit of difficulty on the road. So I think yeah. it's um, it's something that they'll need to get right if they're going to finish in those top three places. I think. Yep, yep. Uh, you're taking the chickens' role this week, Grant. So Bradford and Swindon. I am, so moving on to Bradford v Swindon, so a managerless Bradford, but under the guidance of player manager Kevin McDonald, they took on Swindon at Valley Parade, it did finish 1-0. This is the first time that Swindon haven't scored since Doncaster, so that was a 0-0 draw that they had, so that was back at the start of September, I believe it was, the first time they've not managed to hit the net, which is... Which is huge considering how many goals Swindon have actually been scoring this season. I think that's a massive achievement for Bradford and a very, very well needed clean sheet for Harry Lewis and goals, who's been having a bit of a mare of a season. That's uh, there's no yeah. there's no denying that he's not had a great season. I'm uh, finding the, the net for the first time in his EFL career was 19 year old Bobby Poynton. So it's his fifth game for Bradford scoring his first goal. And it was a cracking goal as well. It was a really good goal for him. I am um, a lot of people think he's going to be a really, really special player and he's got big things coming up for him. I am um, so I think he's going to be one to watch. I am um, for the remainder of the season. Uh, is he come through like the academy or is he coming from somewhere into like an emerging talent program or something? So I think he has. Well, having a look before, he was at Barsley and then uh-huh. he was to Bradford and then he's brought, uh, Yeah, it looks as if he, he loaned him out to Barsley. So it looks as if right. he has come through. I mm. Bradford. I think he's. A, I think he's a local. I, right, I, someone, right. will, someone will correct me if I'm if I'm wrong in that. <laughs> yeah, um, hundred <laughs> If he's not, then great. Take him as one of your own. But yeah, <laughs> I, it was a, it was a fantastic goal. And yeah, fifth game this season, the FL, a very well deserved victory for Bradford. And it's a good advertisement for whoever they've got come in as whoever they want to try and get in as a manager. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, hopefully we'll see that in over the next week or so. They must have got someone lined up. You don't sack a Mark Hughes. Probably said, like. said in their statement, it looked so much like that they've got someone in mind or lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it maybe it's timing. I mean, we've had he was sacked after the Tuesday game, wasn't he? So it was the Wednesday that it was announced, and then we've got Saturday, and I think they've got a game on Tuesday as well. So presumably it's down to um, I don't know. They've not they've not got chance. Have they got they've got someone coming up? And we said was it not County? 
And we said that or that they'll want someone in place. That might have been Gillingham, actually. But either way, you know, they well, maybe they'll give Kevin McDonald another run out and, and see how it goes. But yeah, I can't imagine them not replacing him with with and you know, and a name as well, like someone that you've heard of rather than uh, you know, someone that's that's come up through the club potentially. I mean, you never know. Bradford are, are capable of pulling out a very left field appointment, are they? I mean, no one expected to see Mark Hughes wow. pop up as, as the Bradford manager. I know yeah. a name on everyone's every every Bradford's fan's tongue is is Pete Wild. Pete Wild. Yeah. Everyone, Pete Wild. Everyone just wants him. I just can't see him leaving the project that he's building at Barrow. But and Gillingham Not too. Like last yeah. night when we asked, said, "Who would you want?" Oh, Jill, uh, we've won Pete Wild. I don't think people surely wouldn't move that far no. down the I did. Um, I did a lot of research into him in the summer as well for something that I was working on, and um, one of the like he really struck me that he. It's not. It's not. It genuinely doesn't look like it's about glory and success for him. Like you say, it's the project and it's the seeing it through. And he is genuinely delighted to be working in football. He's done all these other jobs that have given him transferable skills along the way. He's got the experience with England amputees. He's been a mechanic. He's been like he's had got this portfolio of experience and. Yeah, I think he's just really enjoying putting all of that experience and theory into practice at Barrow and and watching them be successful because I don't think anyone would have expected their league finish last season and we fully expect them to to do better this season. Yeah, I would agree. I think if, if there's a bit of a race on uh, for Wild, um, I think... Out of the two, I believe Bradford would win that. I think they're a little bit more attractive as, as a draw out of uh, them and Gillingham. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you say, uh, Grant, I think Bradford have pulled some rabbits out of hats before, haven't they, with manager names? So I wouldn't rule it out that potentially wild. I, I think looking at it, I, I do think Carl Robinson would be the type of name that Bradford would need. They, they need someone who's got pedigree and is a bit of a character and a, and a bit of a big name. Mm. So, I, I think Gillingham may be less so i think they've already got a pretty good thing in place maybe just someone in steady the ship but yeah i know what you're saying about pete wild he does sound like a pretty pretty grounded bloke but i, I do think that lure of bradford would potentially take him see if you had to choose if you were a manager if you had to choose you had the same contract or not or from both clubs which one would you take I've answered this already, so I'll let you take it, Stephen. I think I'd go to Bradford. I think, you know, history club, I think just great mascot, uh, you know, good fans. <laughs> it's, uh... You don't need to crawl up his arse, he's not on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Gillingham. Yeah. I'd, I'd go to Gillingham in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Grant? Who, who are you taking out of those? Do you know what I said? I actually said Bradford as well. I, the reason I am a complete sucker for the absolute glory, and I think if you done well at Bradford, you would be treat like an absolute hero. Mm. The fans there, that it, it, it's such an intense place. I think if you're not doing well, they let you know. If you're mm. doing well, they let you know. 
you're either zero or hero in Bradford. That's that's how that's how it comes across to me. I would love to be if I was a manager, I'd love to have success there. And getting seventeen, eighteen thousand people on your side at Valley Parade. Come on. Yeah. That's it, yeah. If you get get that place rocking again, you like you say, you're untouchable, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, you've seen the displays that they've ended up doing over the last couple of seasons when they've been playing well. That's mm. yeah, definitely for me. Uh, moving on to the weekend's highlight game, uh, Colchester against Morecambe. I know you've, you've put that one with me again. So another week. <laughs> yeah, just uh, carry on. Well, you can you can go through this quickly. No, do you know what? Another week, another hat trick. How yeah. many hat tricks are we getting this season? I think been... that was the only one this week, though, wasn't it? I think. I know, but we've had a hat trick every week for like the last oh, yeah, three yeah. or four weeks. There were, well, there was three, three, and then there was three the Wrexham Stockport week, and then I think the Saturday after there was one, and then one on Saturday it's, as well. It's crazy. I mean, surely you've got to go and put money on if if you're a betting person of being a hat trick somewhere in League Two next week. It's just happening all the time. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's been mad. The big thing that I've seen on this one is Wrexham. Did go on, they went, did go on to win 3 1 while being down to 10 men. Connolly gets sent off in the 36 minutes. They spent the best part of an hour down to 10 men. So, very, very well played by Morecambe, picking up well deserved points against a, a struggling Colchester. I, I, I don't really get much more to say on that one, unfortunately. No. But Derek Adams continuing to do Derek Adams things and just picking yeah. up points. Yeah. Where are they both in the league? I don't think I've looked at that. New... Oh. So Colchester are in 21st at the moment. Uh, Markham in 10th. Mm. You see, I, I would have, you know, kind of completely out of the blue, I would have guessed about 18th for Morecambe. 10th mm. surprises me because it doesn't feel like they've had the... Maybe they're just quietly consistent. Um yeah, that's that's a surprise for me. I think it is straight. I mean, the three three points off uh, fourth with a game in hand as well. And and again, you, you yeah. think about Morecambe and what they should be doing. Derek, Derek Adams, there, great shout. Grant as well, just um, just quietly ticking on, just getting things done, getting yeah. points on the board. It's it's his way, isn't it? And we've got um... we've got this game in hand. If they win their game in hand, that puts them up to twenty one points. They're in the playoffs, and they're only three points off top. They are very much still in this mix of teams mm-hmm. that are doing so well, improving my league to so difficult this season. Yeah, and I think uh, well, two things they've got. So they uh, they're not playing next Saturday. The Saturday coming uh, because of international call ups again. Um, so you know they'll be they'll be rested at some point. They'll have a congest a congested fixture list, but for now it's all good. I mean, Morecambe were the ones, you know, that we were most concerned about from a kind of financial management point of view, off the pitch. On the pitch, they had a big exodus of players as they got relegated. So it's reassuring to see that they're they're coping significantly better than um, than Forest Green Rovers. Agreed. So next up, we are moving on to 
Raleigh Town versus Wrexham. Raleigh and Wrexham. So, so it's your game plan. It is. Um, so as we said, Crawley, um, you know, in that kind of in the form table, last six, Stockport are on 18, Crawley a second with 12. Um they then have switched places with Wrexham. So Wrexham's win, it was it was one nil to Wrexham, um, first half goal, and it, it stayed that way. Um it takes them, but they're equal equal with Crawley on points. Uh Wrexham went into it three games without a win, which um isn't very Wrexham like, but you know, they after the 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 big loss um, a few weeks ago that it's been draws rather than rather than losses, but Crawley had sixty seven percent of the possession, uh, twenty five shots versus uh, Wrexham's ten, but five each for shots on target. Uh, so, you know, it. I'm not sure that the the scoreline necessarily reflects the the game. Um, an audacious uh, Palmer goal, the flick from Adai um, from a, a deflection. And then Wrexham seemed to really struggle to keep 11 men on the pitch. Andy Cannon was sent off and Bill Parkinson said, you know, that it was down to uh, dramatics from the player and that the referee went for a yellow and then kind of switched to a red when he saw it. I mean, I don't know whether you've seen it. It was, it was pretty much kind of nailed on red, and I'm you know Parky comes out with some of these things sometimes, but yeah, I don't know. That was my take on it. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of it, really. A pedestrian win for Wrexham, which isn't something that we necessarily expect. Uh, Crawley then so loss on Saturday, loss against Doncaster on Tuesday. Still, obviously, well up there in in eighth with twenty points. Um, they're on a um, a zero goal difference, so definitely in a in a strong position, but just starting to slip a little bit. And they're going to be one of these teams that, if they do start to slip further down, you will see Wrexham just put some more money in, and they will buy more players. It's going to happen. Yeah, I all, I think Wrexham are on the way up. I think it's Corley that are on the way down. Um, I think you know Scott Lindsay's been linked with Gillingham. He said in his press conference last week that he thought, uh, you know, his focus was very much on the role that he was in at the moment, and. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. I think Corley are at risk if they lose lose Lindsay. Um, I said this kind of repeatedly, but let's you know see how they go. They've maybe just had a um, a poor run. Although Doncaster, we'll talk about them later. They're definitely their performances aren't reflective of their position in the league table. So. That. Yeah, I think um, uh, just on Wrexham as well there, I think that they need to get into the habit of winning a little bit ugly. Uh, you know, they've scored and conceded so many goals and it is great to watch probably as a neutral every now and again and, and even for a Wrexham fan, but you can't sustain that for a whole season. You need you need these 1-0 away wins uh, to, to really push. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Yourself into title contention, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next up is Gillingham and MK Dons. Lovely, yeah, one of mine, that one. So um, this is on the back of the, well, on the back of the news that Hannah gave us earlier from uh, Don's action, giving us their statement. Um, they lost 2-1 to Gillingham, which sparked this particular uh, message from their fan group getting, uh, well, wanting Graham Alexander to go. Um, wouldn't no matter who manages them, to be honest, with the way they conceded both goals, they were almost carbon copies of each other, just giving the ball away. Um, really sloppily in midfield. Um, I think it was Macaulay Bond ran through first first time, uh, put it away nicely. I mean, a really nice season as well, Macaulay Bond. Um, and then almost again, just the exact same thing. Scott Malone gets through, um, robs them on the halfway line. It becomes a one-on-one situation. It gets squared, uh, and then it's two 0 And it, it's for a team that don't particularly concede many chances. It's going to be really hard to do anything against Gillingham when you're two 0 down away from home. Um, could have been worse as well. I think Conor Mahoney it was missed a, a big chance. Um, and fair play to MK Dons, they tried to make it a little bit interesting. They got a goal back towards the end. Um, and the, the keeper made a pretty good save as well. I, if it, this had ended 2 2, it would have been the most the biggest robbery, you know, of the entire mm-hmm. weekend uh, across the country, I think. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it looked fairly routine for Gillingham. They probably could have won by a few more. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think we were speaking before, weren't we? A little bit of a well, new manager bounce, interim manager bounce, if you like. Mm-hmm. Those shackles being off, just just being a bit more free flowing and, and free playing. Um, and probably more worryingly, it's you know it, it is now seven without a win for MK Dons. So I, I saw recently that Alex Gilby had come out and tried to defend the manager yeah. and said we have to look at ourselves. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, again, going back to our point that we were speaking earlier, and I think that you've got to stick with with Alexander, unless there's someone out there who you know can come in and do a job. I, I think you purely just roll in the dice by getting rid of him. Yeah. Um. What's up next? Ah, the, the unbeaten Mansfield Town. Un- unbeaten Mansfield. Town. I see. I see a theme coming up here. So I've been given Colchester v Morecambe. I've been given a 1-0 Bradford and Swindon, and now I've been given a 0-0 of, yeah. of Mansfield v Wimbledon. Who, who's yeah. who, 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 so I stuff? did it, but I did it before the games were played. So for once, this was... And I tried to, like, look, you know, looking at the fixtures, like I said, I tried to kind of... 
I gave myself the rubbish ones and it actually ended up with rubbish ones as well. But like the, you know, your Mansfield Wimbledon, I thought, you know, like Wimbledon are doing really well. They're doing better than you perhaps would have expected. Mansfield's unbeaten run has to end at some point. Maybe this is the time. I mean, you say that we've got to go. We got an extra two in this game. It finished nil-nil. It shouldn't have finished. It shouldn't have finished nil-nil though. Uh This should have been about four or five nil to to Mansfield. Mansfield made a triple sub in about the seventieth minute, and they just threw everything they had at Wimbledon. They made attacking play after attacking play after attacking play. I think the only time the ball ever went back to Christy Pym was when it got passed back to him to try and open up a new play again. So it was just, it was constant. But they couldn't hit a barn door if they tried. They were just so bad at trying to hit the target. I don't know what was going wrong. I was I was messaging Russell. I'm who's the Mansfield fan, and I was like, what is going on? Why is Keeler Dunn playing so, so badly? They, they were awful at just doing anything other than you know, they just couldn't put the ball in the net. Everything else was great. They were phenomenal to watch, and they will turn the team over soon if they learn how to put the ball in the net. Easy, just no, like no. that. Yeah, no, no. We've got to talk about the penalty save, though, surely. Do you know what I didn't see? Oh, that was the yeah. one thing I didn't see was oh, the penalty save. In that it game. was unbelievable. So I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see the game, and I didn't realise that Mansfield were so on top. But I've seen the penalty save from James Tilly. Um, it's unbelievable. He's just tried to absolutely roof it into the top top bins, and uh, the keeper is it? Is it Pim? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, gets a, the strong hand to it tips it onto the bar it then kind of bounces down onto the line mm-hmm. and then it's it's away and it's it's unbelievable i think wimbledon have missed more penalties this season than the entirety of the premier league so the <laughs> wow if yeah if they'd have put those penalties away i think they'd have probably been maybe top two or three so that they've had a bit of rotten luck with it but the yeah the save in the mansfield game was just unbelievable top draw christy Pem, mortgage advisor mortgage and protection advisor Good to know. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's recently. Not sure if he does mortgage advice. No, he does. He definitely does protection advice. It, it came up on his Instagram page. He's now a protection advisor. I um, right. he does things like injury insurance referrals for players um, and things like that as well. Yeah. Well, he, he protected um, the points at the weekend, didn't he? Oh, he did. <laughs> he, he, there we go. He didn't, he, he didn't need insurance for that one because he had it covered. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Newport, you're always... <laughs> Newport Harrogate. Uh, this was a um, another, well, I say another Harrogate win. I feel like they've turned a little bit of a corner. They've ha- only had one loss from the last five, three wins, which is definitely a turn up um, from the books. Three wins from the last four. Um, Newport, I think thought were doing better they were one of the teams that I expected to do really poorly from the outset and for some reason I thought that they had um had kind of booked that trend but actually 
the, they've had, kind of had draws against Wimbledon and Barrow. Their wins have been against Forest Green Rovers, Sutton and Colchester. So not really particularly tough opposition. Um, by contrast, Harrogate have, you know, again, had odd wins against uh, Barrow and Gillingham. But the other ones, they've not really had good results against the top 10. So when we talked about like Doncaster, Stockport, I think there's someone else, they've both played a large chunk of that kind of top half of the table. Whereas Newport and Harrogate have played them, but they've not got results against them, which I think is the big difference and will probably dictate their kind of trajectory going forward. You can't necessarily look at the first 10 games and and say, yeah, actually, they're doing so much better than I expected because it completely depends on the teams that they've come up against. And we probably won't get a really good take until Christmas when, well, I guess the beginning of January when we're starting to play through all of them. And then you get, like, postponements and things, don't you? Um, Newport were particularly poor in the first half. And Coughlin said afterwards that he didn't think um, that he thought that they deserved a point. But um, if uh, Wildig's header had gone in, then it would have been like a get out of jail free. He didn't really think that they deserved to take anything away from it other than potentially a, um, a draw. And I wonder, I mean, I've not done my homework, Grant. I don't know if you have. Liam says homework to look at which managers might be at risk and and which weren't and I like I had a little conversation with myself about it earlier on I was like oh we didn't give it to Stephen to do so we're fine uh we won't be expected to turn this assignment in but Graham Coglin, obviously with the new owner I think he could be at risk if you know they're looking to make changes don't necessarily see the performances that they um they want or expect to see I think he could be at risk as well so um not massively exciting as games go um Harrogate hung on Newport did bare minimum um and Harrogate take the points coming up to Stockport next week I'm going to continue on from that though I've been like a bad school child and I've also not done my homework this week <laughs> yeah, well, he's not there's, here there's anyway. Two, is it? There's, there's two sackings. Come on, there's, 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 I know. There's two managers to lose. Well, one manager I would have put probably as the most unsafe at sack than yeah. <laughs> and then one I would have probably put down at the bottom, kind of like seventeenth to twenty fourth. I would have said Harris was safe, so I would have got stitched up like a mug at that point. So yeah, <laughs> no. Well, just yeah. on the theme of homework, you're just talking about Newport there as well, Had Their next three away games this month, Swindon, Notts County, Gillingham. So, I mean, that no, is I... a rot- rotten way to end the month. And, uh, yeah, that, that might be... That's horrific. Yeah, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible little run of games. Uh, Swindon have got a really... Oh, they're... Um... We've done Swindon already, haven't we? Um, Swindon have got a really tough October into November as well. And I think your Doncasters and your Stockports will start to do well because they've come out of the worst and we'll start to see the other teams kind of taking taking the hit and dropping points, she says, hopefully. 
Just, um, just give you three right and ten, ten wins in a row, Hannah. That's, yeah, that's I did not. Way. I did not say that. That was um, Stockport Stephen who you said, said that, he was. I'm sure you said that pre-recording. Did you not? I hundred percent did not. Never. I mean, it'd be nice. I wouldn't say no, but. <laughs> See if you can just say it. Just look straight down the camera and say yes right now. No. <laughs> that wasn't getting edited together for anything at all. No, 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 no. Uh, and Crew, this is an interesting one. Yeah, lovely. So, sorry, Grant, I think I've been given a lot of the goals this weekend just by, uh, well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. What and talking, goals and talking points. Goals and talking points, yeah. So, 4-2 this one finished, Salford against Crew. Uh, bit of a bit of a sort of topsy-turvy game. Uh, Crew actually went 1-0 up. Uh, Baker Richardson um, managed to get the, the first goal there. Uh, and then right at the end of the first half, Matt Smith kind of doing Matt Smith things, getting his, his big head on the end of a big looping header that went in. Um, it's probably about fair, really, the 1-1 the one -one at half time. Uh, i got a good friend uh, who actually works up at Salford. He, he's sort of lead commentator for them, Will Moorcroft. And he said that um, sort of what happened next was quite scandalous and, and crew were... Uh, quite rightly uh, quite right to feel aggrieved so they play a nice little possession uh get the ball up um and make it 2-1 they're celebrating like mad in the corner uh there's an offside flag uh, that none of them realize the referee lets Salford get straight on with it and I think it was about a five on two uh, it felt a lot more it felt like mm -hmm. about 50 on two uh and then Salford I think it was 38 seconds from crew thinking they took the lead uh to them then being two one down from another Matt Smith goal so yeah crew were livid obviously the assistant manager got sent off um and then rather than sort of you know finishing the game two two as they like to do um they went three one down they went four one down and then they got a little one back at the end there I think um Again, Baker Richardson. Baker Richardson. It, it, yeah, he's um, it, it was deserved for Crew in terms of getting a couple of goals on the road because they they gave as good as they got. But Salford just had a bit too much for them on the day. They've they've won three in a row now, and they're, they're scoring quite a few goals as well. I think they've they've got eight in three now, so they're on, they're on a bit mm -hmm. of a, an upward trajectory. And again, mm -hmm. we, we talk about these little sliding doors, um, teams creeping mm -hmm. up. So. Yeah, I think if Matt Smith's scoring goals, which he, he doesn't usually do with regular sort of um, habit, but he, he's got seven already, and I think his best season's thirteen ever. So if he's if he keeps getting them in, um, Salford might yeah. be an interesting shout for for being up there towards the end. I don't know what what are you guys made of Salford so far? I've not seen a ton of them this season. I think um, I would have expected them to be to have started stronger um they slipped up against ridiculous uh, they lost to harrogate i think um they have missed so they, they they've only ever had half of the elliot watt cal hendry pairing mm -hmm. so um cal's out now l so in the Notts county game cal went off as L came back up, came on. So Elliot Watt got his first assist on Saturday, but they've needed Matt Smith to score because they've lost um, they've lost Cal Hendry, and I think he's he's not due back for a while yet. Um, they've got Connor McElhaney still out. 
I'm trying to think. I think Theo Vassell's still out. They've still got quite a few out. Um, and I watched them against Notts County and they just defensively really, really struggled. Um, Kelly Mai has been brilliant. I think he's, did he score on Saturday or on Tuesday, if not? Uh, he looks really, really good. Um, and yeah, hopefully they've, they've turned a corner and, and they'll go from strength to strength. They've got Wrexham on Saturday. So, one, yeah, the class of '92 yeah. against the Hollywood. So it's. Uh, it's be, I'm surprised yeah. Sky haven't picked up on that. It's a sort of they've exact got, sort of um, scheme that Sky would got, absolutely love to have on. They would love. They would put an hour-long feature on for uh, covering both. Teams. So um, Mansfield's on, isn't it? On Saturday. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That I'm so surprised they've not picked up on stop Salford v Wrexham. Yeah. I thought that would be if I was to put money on any game being shown, it would have been that one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you about Salford. I think they've had a real injury plate start to the season, and it, that combined with the playoff hangover um, yeah. has really, really hit Salford. I am massively surprised to see them struggling at the start of the season, but they are going to climb. I can't see them doing anything but climb. No, they'll probably start. They'll nip up where the likes of your, I think your Wimbledon's, your Crawleys, and your Crews will will start. To slip down a bit, and they will take themselves, Bradford, and probably Doncaster will, will creep up the table. Yeah, I agree with Doncaster. Moving, that was a seamless segue into. <laughs> Great segue. So you think I knew the picture was coming up next? Uh, so, Stockport played Doncaster on Saturday. Um, as we've said before, I think Doncaster are absolutely. 100% better than the position they are in the league. They've got injuries. I think they've still got 12 players out. And they are definite. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I think Grant McCann recognised that this was a squad that was still in development, a squad that was still coming together. Um, and was we, we'd laugh about it because he was asking for patience. Um, whereas, you know, he is not a particularly patient man with his players sometimes um but you know they're they're definitely finding form uh they beat Crawley on Tuesday and Stockport are top of the form table six wins from six as you said you know some people think they're going for 10 in a row but there's Harrogate coming up there's crew I'm, I'm there's gonna I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works here I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you and throw a spanner in the works Oh no! You've got you've got one team coming up who your record is awful against. Yeah, really, really bad. He's lost yeah. to them twice last season. Yeah, he's have done notoriously poor against them in the national. Stephen, who who is this? It's just on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I'm just thinking it's uh, it's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. You've got the the mighty Mariners who Hannah's joked with me last time I was on the podcast saying she's she's booking time away for those games so she doesn't have to look at the defeat. Um, I have but... I have a booked it. It was very expensive. It's a very expensive um, <laughs> uh, escape strategy. Uh, yeah, I feel or oh, maybe maybe if I'm not there, it'll it'll help. Um, but yeah, so I think that that, and I, I think crew as well. We have a tendency to not play brilliantly against. So let's let's see what happens. Um, but 
I mean, Doncaster, as well as uh, Crawley, they've beaten Gillingham, um, they've beaten Forest Green Rovers, which isn't um, a massive achievement necessarily, but it's points on the board. Uh, Jones and uh, Louis Jones and Hinchliffe were um, phenomenal. Uh, Hinchliffe made a double save from um, Farl and then Ironside. And I mean, st I think Stockport looked tired, uh, better in the second half than the first um but the difference was that our bench was stronger so we've had considerable injury issues as well uh Kyle Woodson came on for Louis Barry uh he's been out since February uh Paddy Madden came on Callum Camps is another one that's been out for a good few weeks and that was the difference on Saturday that although um the the players on the pitch were looking tired uh the the bench was kind of strong enough to cover them whereas against forest green rovers against accrington it's been it's felt really kind of dicey for the last 10 minutes when we've made those um those big substitutions so i think from a kind of a stockport point of view it was um it it didn't feel comfortable uh definitely i think uh, Donny played really well. Um, the, they set up a pyro off when they were one 0 down, which was slightly questionable. But I suppose if you brought it, then you know why not? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, it was uh, a fairly uneventful Saturday. And there, I mean, there were absolutely times when, well, I, I thought the referee had awarded a penalty at one point because he. He seemed to point a little bit too far down for my liking. I, I prefer a, you know, a very direct uh, goal kick point. Uh, but yeah, it was. Um, I think it was tougher than a lot of Stockport fans expected. And I think that you know this is the Donny that we expected to see from the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong squad. Just some of those names you mentioned there coming off the bench. That is, uh, it's it's coincided with a already really good run for you. So mm. I think it, it's quite positive stuff at, um, at Stockport at the moment. Uh, forgive me as well if it's been spoken about already, but talk, just talk to me about uh, Barry because uh, all, all I'm hearing <laughs> is that he's his statue's halfway built already outside the ground. <laughs> oh my god, though it's it's typical. I think I don't think it's stop or even stop or county thing. I think it's kind of a football fan thing, and I'm sure exactly the same thing is happening at Swindon. Uh, you know, he is absolutely leaving in January. He's being recalled. He's going to the Championship. Um, he had, I mean, he broke our club record for goals in consecutive matches, um, and had the longest uh, scoring streak of anyone in the top four tiers. So he's been, I think, both him and Tanto actually are up for kind of P PFA League Two. Well, I don't know, it's, it might just be player of uh, for September. Um, he is really good. I think he probably would be even better at a higher level. I think okay. sometimes one of the things that Nick Powell is very good at, and Nick Powell's injured at the moment as well, is kind of making space for him. He sometimes passes the ball a little bit too late. I don't think it's a it's a selfishness. I think he's just looking for someone to be in space, and that doesn't happen so much um, in League Two. So, I mean, he's he's brilliant. He looked um, on Saturday, he looked tired and he was also, people are also realising 
his potential and the threat that he poses, whereas he, he flew under the radar for, you know, the mm. first time in the games. So Forest Green Rovers and Donny were both very good at neutralising him. And we saw those substitutions and him coming off, which we haven't seen before, um, but failed to score in both. And, and bless him, I mean, he's only 20. He just, he, he just looks... He looks so frustrated and he's clearly so invested in it. Because, I mean, effectively, he's auditioning for his his professional career. Um, but, yeah, we'd love to have him stay. But the, definitely the rumours are that it'll be, he'll be off in January. But like I said, we've got um, Kyle Wotton back. You will have heard Stockport County. Before Barry kind of hit form, there, was, there has been, I guess, since last February, oh, we're missing a target man. We're missing a six-foot striker. We're missing a 25-goal striker. Well, he's back now. So we have no no excuses anymore. Kyle Wharton is back and um, you have to work out. I mean, he we might have thought that he would come in and, and replace Tanto, whereas Tanto is absolutely flying as well. And the whole Barry thing is great. I'm much more excited about Tanto Aliafi because he has found a confidence that he's just not had at Stockport County yet. Um, and I think, is it Millwall have got like a um, a buyback clause in his contract? So that, you know, that's been mentioned as well. Uh, but, you know, you see him take shots that he wouldn't even have attempted a few weeks ago. And he's got something like an 85% shot rate. So he... Yeah, he's he's the most exciting thing about this season for me so far. Exciting times. Yeah, it's good. Uh, from what <laughs> who did I give this to? Because this one would have been my kind of not very interesting one, but actually it's a gift. This this again, this one was given to me. And I, I think this yeah. one was given. I think this was given to me as a punishment because the amount I have been slagging off Sutton this last couple of weeks. <laughs> I've been saying that I think Sutton will finish with a record low number of points in the EFL, and they come out and they beat Walsall four 0 I did not see this coming in the slightest. <laughs> no, I get a lot of stick from some Walsall fans because they just think I don't like Walsall. I I just mm-hmm. don't think Walsall are, are very good to be honest with you this season I don't think they've recruited is great, I don't see anything exciting about them, I just did not see them, I thought they would have beat Sutton, this is a massive massive coup and buster, I think for most people no one would have backed Sutton who are who were sitting rock bottom on, was it two points or sitting on, they're on five now yeah um, but yeah, Mary Patrick came out in the sixth minute put buried that early doors and had Smith I'm scoring a second, a second in the 12th, an own goal just to add absolute misery to Walsall, Walsall fans' day with from Riley and Smith capping that off in the 37th minute, having such a dominant first half. Um, I, I think all the Walsall manager could have came out and said was, lads, look, let's keep let's keep this respectable in the second half. Don't concede anymore. And they've done just that. And they, they, they drew the second half nil-nil. <laughs> Um, that's about all I think Walsall could have expected from that. I, I would be concerned I mean, if I was a Walsall fan just now. I would be really concerned um, because they are they are really flagging, and I don't see a saviour of a player coming. In. I don't see a saviour of a manager coming in mm-hmm. to try and help. Them. I think they're going to be 
I think they're going to be down there this season. I really, really do. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I worry for Walsall. I've worried from the last couple of seasons. Trying to finish 16th and finished 15th under Flynn. You see how well Swindon are doing under Flynn. It just didn't tick at Walsall for whatever reason. And they're still not pushing on any further when they, where they could be. If they don't yeah. do well this season, are they going to do well next season? Like, what's driving Walsall forward? Mm-hmm. And even, um, I mean, Danny Johnson was supposed to be their saviour and he just, like, there's just nothing. Non-existent. Nothing. Non-existent. They released that T-shirt, didn't they? The DJ, the red T-shirt, where they had the Walsall badge on the, the right-hand side rather than the left, and there's been so much so massive song and dance about him coming back, and he's just not working mm-hmm. for them. This he's looking like the Johnson that no. I, Mansfield off, I didn't get mm-hmm. on with, and it didn't take it Mansfield, and it's showing exactly why it didn't work from there. What's going on with Danny? What's going on with Johnson? Um, I mean, we say that, uh, we'll move on to save the best for last, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wonder. There's le- there's quite a few players from last season that were outstanding that this season just haven't. I don't know, haven't either clicked with with other players that have come in or just haven't found their um, their scoring feet yet. I don't know. Um, there's glimmers like Ali Alhamadi scored a couple last weekend, weekend before, uh, but he was another one who was outstanding last season and just hasn't really shone yet um, this year. Right, another manager. We we completely when we're talking about Bradford and Gillingham, Tranmere also are under caretaker management and they played Grimsby on Saturday. Yeah, so one of mine. Um, it. You know, there were goals again. Apologies, Grant, getting all the goals again. Um, that four in the first half of Sutton, though, would have been nice for you. But, yeah, it, it's uh, it's getting a bit all too familiar as a Grimsby fan, uh, just not picking up wins where they should, uh, letting easy points drop. Um, the first goal for Tranmere in this one, there was a little hint of handball, potentially. It's um, sort of high on the sleeve, so I don't know uh, if that's... There's a different rule every season. I think that's okay at the minute. So, um, yeah, you can see why the, the referee's not blown up for that one. Then he's, he's not made the keeper, um, Kieran Morris. So, nice finish. Um, and then Grimsby got back into it, um, which is, you know, something they don't usually do when they go behind. They're not free scoring this season. I think only really Abo, Issa and, and Danny Rose are the ones making the goals. And and it was Rose who equalised. Um, Grimsby then went 2-1 up. So it was quite promising. Raquel Pike, who they got in the summer, he was at Shrewsbury last season. He got his first goal for Grimsby and, and that was a good finish as well. And then really, again, you know, away from home, you want to tr- try and see the game out, get those three points and same old story, really. They, they've let in a relatively soft goal. It was just a ball in from the left. And um, I think it was Connor Jennings, actually, who sickeningly yeah. used to play for Grimsby for a short time. And Stockport, I think, as well, at one time. Um, yeah, and Hartlepool. And, and Hartlepool. Well. And Hartlepool. Oh, Matt, there you go, then. Yeah, man of the people. So, <laughs> nice way to end the show, actually, with the Connor Jennings, uh, or the roundup, <laughs> at least, with the Connor Jennings equaliser. But, uh, yeah, Tranmere have got a, a bit of a tricky one next week against Crew. 
Uh, and Grimsby mm-hmm. going to host Accrington, uh, who again, Accrington are three points above Grimsby. If Grimsby get a win, everything's a bit tighter again. So it's yeah. uh, it's nothing much to panic about. But um, there's this obviously glamour of the EFL trophy tomorrow night to look forward to. Oof. I think the the winner of Grimsby versus Bradford might go through to the latter stages. So wow. yeah, who knows? We're playing Salford, and I'm fairly sure that neither team wants to win or go through. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way for most teams. It's it's such a, a hindrance on this on a season that's already quite uh, overloaded, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Although saying that, in the next like group of games, Salford have got and uh, Manchester United under twenty ones. So it'll be the first time the Pizza Cup's been on Sky, surely. <laughs> surely it's a massive conflict of interest there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it'll, be, it'll be fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. Have you, and you've not started your like with it was the FA Cup, wasn't it? That Grimsby had their epic cup run in last season. Yeah, brilliant run. So first side to defeat a team from above them in every single round. Uh, made a nice little bit of history. Uh, narrowly lost to Brighton 4-0. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. But they've, they've actually reinvested the money quite well from it. You always hear these, you know, that the money that they've got from this yeah. run will, will go back into the club. And, and you very rarely ever see it. So mm-hmm. they, they've got a couple of players on sort of medium to long-term contracts. They've put some money back in. So it's actually good to see. It's just, just yeah, it's nice a, that they're being transparent about it, and yeah, yeah, can't speak highly enough of the new owners that Grimsby have got. They they've come in uh, towards the back end of last season, um, well, sorry, the season before, just when we beat Wrexham in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and then Solihull Moor. So, but yeah, lo- local guys, they're just kind of they're they're not too uh, flashy or glamorous. They just kind of mm-hmm. do what they say and and say what they do effectively. So yeah, it's it's just not quite working on the pitch yet. There's there's a few town fans calling for Paul Hurst to maybe right. go. They, they think they've got maybe the right ingredients to if they had a more progressive manager, maybe push on a little bit. But but again, I, I think I've said this before and I've probably said it earlier on this podcast, you know, be be careful what you wish for sometimes, you know, yeah. it's stick yeah. with stick with what you know and is sometimes the best uh, best medicine. Yeah, and that brings yeah, yeah, and that's a lesson that uh, Gillingham, well, maybe not so much Tranmere, but Gillingham and Bradford fans might come to learn over over the coming months. Absolutely, one Tranmere will end up getting Mickey Mellon back in, and that is definitely the devil leave very well doing all (laughs) many times over, many times. Yeah, so I think. We have reached the end. We Hello. made it. We, we've and done it. So, yeah. Who's walking? Who wants to walk us out? Oh, I've got a list because we're like totally professional now. Because earlier this evening, the League One team filmed their first, recorded their first podcast. So I wrote out all the things that they should say when I was doing it. I was like, oh, I can keep this for me. And we can actually do. Like I can hit all the things that I'm supposed to mention and almost always forget. So the League like One, oh, no. uh, give, the, lead, give the, the League One guy some love. Give the League One guy yeah. some love. Go so their podcast will be available. Like if this one is available, theirs will also be available. Um, in all the same places. Oh, Ryan's just said it's already out. 
So uh, yeah. it's pointless me saying that though, because this one, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got, because the League One podcast team are now fully assembled like the Avengers, they're replicating what we do for League Two. So uh, they're doing their breakdown, which is uh, a live show on Wednesday night at 8pm, where fans join them to talk about the games coming up at the weekend. So they're on Wednesday, we're on Thursday at 8. Um, and then again, um, the 606, which is the live phone-in on Twitter Spaces. Uh, the League One one will be on Saturday night and we're live on Sunday night at 7. Um, and then it will all happen again next week. So there's lots going on. I think Liam's back on Monday um, and then I'm off for a good week or so. So we'll all be back to normal next Monday and then uh, all change again. Um, if you want to be involved in any of the breakdown shows, particularly or the 606, um, then drop us a message at Look Sports Media on um, X or Twitter. And likewise, if you're interested in getting involved with um, the writing particularly, so the website is um, www.thelooksports.com. Uh, we're always looking for new writers, content creators. Um, so if you're interested in jo joining the uh, writing team, then it's Ryan at thelooksports.com where you can contact us through the website um and i think that's everything however you listen or watch the content we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review or not even just a re review five stars for anything on Twitter, on YouTube, you can uh, like, follow, subscribe. Is there a bell, Grant? You keep talking about a bell, ringing the bell yes, on YouTube. On, on YouTube, there's a little bell icon next to subscribe. If you hit the bell icon, it gives you notifications whenever we post anything new or whenever we go live. So you'll get a little notification pop up, say Look Sports Media is live Perfect. or Look Sports Media has posted a new video. Go and give it a watch. When you watch the video, smash that little thumbs up as well. It helps. <laughs> I'm just going to let you do this every week. You're very practiced. It's like when my children go, like, like and subscribe, guys. It feels a bit like that. <laughs> Pretty much I'm saying like, subscribe, hit the little bell, follow us on Twitter, retweet out to your friends, tell your granny to watch. Spotify, rate five stars. See the comments. You can write whatever you want. It doesn't make a difference to us. Just rate five stars. You can say, Grant. Like, you look terrible tonight. I can see your hoover. I can see your keys hanging up over there. I don't care. Just rate us five stars. Do what you wish. Everyone, have a great day. Have a great week. We will see you on Thursday live on YouTube. Peace out. We've been with Sports Media. Bye. Beautiful. Lovely. Absolute pleasure, guys.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.